0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode here at Hack Your Finances, where we talk all things faith and finances, but with a fresh and new perspective. And today, I'm excited. We have a feature guest on the podcast, uh, Mr. Josh Andrew, um, on the call today. So pumped to have you on the call. You're, you know, entrepreneur, pastor, leader, um, insert, you know, comma, the five other things. And so, bro, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself to the people that are listening? Um, yeah, as we well, dive in.
1: Go. Well, thanks so much for having me on. It's going to be fun. I know that we've had probably, like I said earlier, about a thousand conversations offline, so it'd be kind of fun to pick up that so people can listen to how uh, weird and crazy we are. But yeah, I mean, like you said, I, I've been in the entrepreneurship space since I was a teenager, super passionate about digital marketing, kind of all of that world and telling stories correctly. I've been in the church just as much. It's never been one or the other. It's kind of been both in for my wife and I, uh, like I said, I'm I am a husband. I have a wonderful wife who've been married for two and a half years. I have a uh, ninety pound golden doodle who's currently uh, taking down one of his toys right next to me. Love it. So never have uh, a moment of silence. Just kidding. Uh, yeah, that's really the summary, man. I love I love business. I love entrepreneurship. I love the church. Love people. Really. Um, that's that's kind of all, I guess
0: yeah dude, love it well, I think um you know one of the things I'm excited to to chat about today, um you know, just knowing our history and even just knowing your past um your guy that deeply loves Jesus, deeply loves the church and um god's people, um but also is just like loves building business and making a kingdom difference and so totally. dude i I think that there's such like a a synergy in that space, and I think especially in the church world, like our ability to pastor to steward entrepreneurs business leaders is so important and i think is actually a space that i think a a lot of the church could uh grow in and so dude tell me like your experience i I like because i feel like you get to see both sides of the coin as like pastor but also as like business leader and like navigating that
1: yeah for sure i don't know if we've done the best job of of leading people who tend to be the leaders in their organizations so you think about it we, we have lead pastors. We have the executive pastors who they're leading their organizations, so there's like an instant connection of thinking they know how to lead people outside of the business world, and I, I've never been the fan of like the, the absolute truth of the church is a business. I think there's business kind of strategies within the church, but I mm-hmm. definitely don't think it's a business. I think the church is an organism. It's a body. Therefore, we have to steward the people within the body differently than how we would steward maybe in the business world. So I definitely think there's a lot of entrepreneurial people leading in the church. Therefore, they, they naturally assume it's, the, it's mm-hmm. the same thing. Like I'm, I'm going to pastor somebody differently than I'm going to lead somebody in, in my job. Uh, right now, like I have a staff. I have people that report to me. Yes, my pastor hat doesn't come off because it's more of a calling. It's, it's just naturally who I am. But at the end of the day, there's still the job to be done. There's still people to be led. There's still assignments to be done. So like I said at the beginning, I don't necessarily know if we've done a brilliant job of, of stewarding people in our churches or even organizations that definitely have the entrepreneurial business mind or the people who are millionaires and lead massive organizations. Um, and again, there's so much to unpack there, but I think the, the thesis, I guess, for me is I don't know if we've done a great job. I don't know if – uh, and it, and it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to not know. It's okay yeah. to be, be aware to say, uh, I'm listening to this podcast and I'm the guy who has no concept of how to lead somebody who has 500 employees and a billion dollar organization.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's, that's so powerful. I, you know, this is a topic that I get really fired up on. Um, you know, I've got friends, I've got family, you know, they're business owners, business builders. Um, and it's always so interesting to me when I talk to them, I'm like, man, do you, f- do you feel like you've been pastured? Well, like, do you feel like you've been led well in your journey um, when it comes to that? And uh, like what breaks my heart is more often than not, the answer is like, not really. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, man, like, tell me, like tell me about their experiences. And so often it's just kind of like, yeah, like, I just, it just always felt like there was this weird dynamic of like, Mm -hmm. either the pastor didn't know how to lead me or the pastor just wanted to talk money and finances. And like, just cause I own a business doesn't mean like there is more to me than my business. Mm -hmm. Um, and like lots of layers to that. And I think, you know, when I think about this topic, um, I love what you just said of like asking questions Mm -hmm. because I think like. For any pastors that are listening out there, church leaders, like if you have people like this in your church, which you do, um, I think even just asking the question like, hey, how can I best serve you? How can I best love you in your journey? Um, Because I found most business owners aren't like – looking to their pastor for business advice no. um, they're looking to their pastor for soul advice <laughs> cuz that's their space that's their expert, expertise um, but i'd love to hear from your like from your perspective like how do we like for any pastors that are maybe listening to this call or future church pastors church leaders like mm-hmm. how can we how can we lean into that like how can we better steward um, maybe that like type of person, um, in our flock. Um, and I'll like, yeah, I'll, I'll leave that to, like, I'll just leave that open-ended cause I have some yeah. additional thoughts, but
1: no, a hundred percent. I think honestly, what comes to mind is we might be more insecure than we think in this area as church leaders. Mm. So it's really easy to lead somebody who is just a kind of living a normal life, has a typical job, their marriage is okay. It's, it's tends to be the insecurities that we have that we're not willing to express that actually is hard mm. to lead the people. And that's not even including business, by the way. That might be the opposite side of their, you might compare your marriage to them, you might compare their physical health, whatever. And again, that, that's where insecurity comes out in a lot of times of what I've seen. But I think that's okay to call out. I w- like, I would be, I would submit to the listeners, it's okay to say that at a coffee with a business owner. Hey man, I honestly don't know how we're supposed to have this have this relationship you like you're in a way different space than me i'm a pastor aka i I, I steward sheep i steward you i steward people uh aka i'm a bible guy i love jesus and i'd love to serve you wherever our relationship takes but again not asking that question assumes that you know what they need from you which i think is uh probably a problem regardless of the relationship of who they are but it's Mm. it's almost impossible to know what people need, AKA like any marriage. Like it's impossible for me to know what my wife needs unless I just say, hey babe, what do you need from me right now? And fit the need because it's not serving if you're fitting your need for them. It's serving when you're actually fitting the need of the person in front of you. So that's my thoughts. I think, again, we we tend to be secure in the things that we know most about and when there's areas we don't know, I, I would actually concur with you just ask a bunch of questions And even again, I learned this from somebody that I look up to, ask the questions, even that you think, oh, we're not supposed to ask that. Like, just call it out. Mm. Like, dude, you got a great business. Obviously I can, I'm assuming you're very wealthy. Like, that's so awesome. And I think I admire that so much in you. Like, I'd love to talk about that if you're willing that just opening up. It's like, Mm. "Oh, oh yeah, let's talk about it. Like, that's just my gifting. I'd love to, I'd love to have a conversation, but don't assume that they're wanting to talk about it just prompt them and just open up the questions so those are a few thoughts i don't know if you have any but that's that's me yeah don't be insecure yeah
0: no i i think that's so powerful i i I would 100 percent agree i think there's a layer of like yeah of, of insecurity or just like just feeling out of their depth mm-hmm. um and i think with that it's the territory of like um like you said you don't have to have all the answers mm-hmm. um and I think also like we make these assumptions that if somebody has like I'll I'll do quotations, like success in one area of life, we think that they're like that applies to everywhere. Right. And like I know too many, like I've I mean, I don't know personally, but like you see too many people in social and like all these guys that have like built and grinded and like on third, fourth, fifth marriage or like insert mm-hmm. this or their kids, and like you see all these components and you just go, like, just because you're successfully financially doesn't mean the other area like you're crushing and killing it in the other areas of your life. And right. I even just saw like a YouTube short the other day and it was like this billionaire. And he was on an interview and he literally goes, Man, the thing that I wish I could take back was was the way I parented my kids. Like mm-hmm all the money in the world, if I could go back in time. And like, if that's not a Testament to like, there are so many spheres and spaces of our lives that um, I think, especially in the church world, like we're called the steward and encourage. Yeah. And while we don't have to have all the answers, we are connected to the true vine who does have all the answers that we can look to the scriptures that are filled with wisdom that are filled with biblical truth that we can point to. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, so I think, good. I think, yeah. I agree. Yeah.
1: I mean, Super- yeah, even, even that, like, again, Ask questions. Don't assume they know everything. Don't assume that they're being great at everything. Because everybody, I was just talking to a friend about this this morning, but every encourager, by the way, needs encouragement. Like, you're never going to not be overly encouraged. Like, you've never called me and been like, bro, I'm just feeling a little too encouraged today. I don't don't know, man. Like, no, we're building business. We're building our marriages, our lives. Like, just a compliment and encouragement goes a long way and that is the front door to relationships. I don't care what it is whether that's a, a homeless person or the billionaire or whoever. Um just learn to be really great at questions and and learn how to compliment people that are genuine and not with impure motives. I think you'll go a long way.
0: Yeah. Dude, mo- motives is like uh I wanted I wanted I want to dive in there a little bit. Um because I think that there's this interesting dynamic um you know, great book um called Pearls of the King. Uh, if you haven't read it, go check it out. But he talks about this premise of like the, your pastors, the priest and business leaders are the Kings. And he talks about this like dynamic that you see through like scriptures and just over time where like Kings fund the vision of, of the, of the priest of the, and like, that's the whole, like, you know, kingdom builders model and all that kind of stuff. I I say all that to go, like, motives are so important. We even see that in scripture. Like, James goes, like, you don't have because you asked with wrong motives. And so I'm, like, one of the things that I'm always, like, how do we thread the needle as church leaders? Um, and maybe even, like, for business leaders that are hearing this, like, how do we thread this needle of, like, Pastors need to care for people because they're people, irregardless of the size of their pocketbook or their skill set. If we're talking worship, or their availability. If we're talking load in, load out teams, like there's all of the things that we could look to people for. Right. Um, so, how do we go with a pure motive to serve these people, comma while also equally recognizing that, like, I think there is a biblical mandate or call mm-hmm. to like make the ask. To, like, be able to look at look at people and go, hey, we got a yeah. big vision to serve people, to make a difference in this city, in this nation, and, like, that that takes funding. Like, how mm-hmm. how do we navigate that, like, from a motive perspective? Um,
1: yeah, that's really good. I mean, yeah, it's definitely more complicated than I think we think it is. One, so don't feel the pressure to, like, have it figured out after a 45-minute podcast listener. But I, I would – Mr.
0: Encur- uh, Mr. Encourager over here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I would say most of the time – You can tell somebody's motive about right away. Honestly, like I can tell somebody's agenda on an offering message, on a 30-minute message, on a sales Mm. call. Like I can tell if I'm being sold to rather than, oh, this is something that I genuinely think they they want me to buy or they want me to make a decision on. So when we're thinking of having conversations with decision makers, I think our motive has to be as church leaders on this side, we have to – i 've said this before, and i don 't know who said it, so i can 't give credit to whoever they said it, but it 's been said we don't use the church to build we don 't use people to build the church. we use the church to build the people. Mm. therefore, as the church, we need to come behind people and serve them again with no boundaries, with no like expectations and and assuming somebody's going to give you something back, one you 're going to be let down most not most of the time, but oftentimes two that's already your motive you're saying i want something out of this person i i would venture to say as an entrepreneur as somebody who's is in the business space more than church right now i'd rather have somebody just go up in front and just say that like hey man Mm. this is our first time chatting like honestly i'd love to talk about finances and i know that you're you're not putting it where it needs to be and let's just talk about it And, and that's somebody who's attending your church and being a part of it and that's one thing too like don't get people to go to your church because they have money. That's obviously not good. Mm. Uh, because Come on. Again, we don't use people to build our churches. We use the church to build our people. Therefore, how can I get behind your vision? How can I serve you in this season? But on the other side, as an entrepreneur, if you love Jesus, it is impossible not to be generous. I don't care what it is. And at and 10% and beyond as generosity, as somebody who has perpetually attended a church— It's impossible not to be generous. How could I not be a generous person? And I might not have time, but I definitely do have finances if I'm, if I'm that the business leader, if I'm the business owner. And we know that what you can't talk about holds you and what you can't give away holds you. Mm. Therefore, as, as an entrepreneur listening to this, if you can't tithe and if you can't be generous, we know what holds you. And, and that I'm telling you is not going to fill your cup and it's, And it's not going to lead to fulfillment and an everlasting life. And we know that through Jesus, we can get that. But if you know Jesus, you're a generous person. And yeah, that's what I would say is one side, we got to be making sure our heart is pure. And and I would say an indicator of that, sorry, I'll wrap up my tangent here. Can you serve somebody that won't give you something back? Can you get coffee as a pastor and know this guy's got nothing to give me? But I'm going to give it my time. That to me is generosity as the entrepreneur. Man, I love Jesus. I love my church. Why am I not giving more? Why am I not asking the pastor? Oh, my gosh. What can I do to build our church? I love it so much. So there's so much in there. I'd also say learn how to paint the vision. Like make it practical. Sweet. Nehemiah, like make it clear. A.K.A. like without clarity, people are going to go, I'm not giving to that because I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, so that's, yeah. There's probably a lot in there, but that's just some initial thoughts.
0: Oh, bro, yeah. There, there's so much gold in that, and so much to unpack. I mean, in your first point, one of the things that that like really resonates with me. Um, you're talking about like we don't build the church with people; we build people, um, and that's our yeah. that's our goal. Mm-hmm. And I think like for for leaders, like especially around the conversation of giving, um, and even like for us at Hack Your Finances, the thing that burns in my heart is like just being forthright my desire my hope my goal the the reason why like hack your finances like is is that people would learn to live an abundant and generous life Mm -hmm. um and it's not it's not for any other reason that like i'm not trying to get something from somebody we're trying to give something to somebody and so i think like for people if they're going like man it's not about how do we like extract value or anything like that it's like how because when we have a revelation pastors, when you have a revelation of how God works in your, in your finances, um, that's where you go, actually you tithing and me telling you, you should tithe is actually serving you because I understand the revelation attached to it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that like, it's a big framing around like our perspective of God, who he is, Mm -hmm. how he works with money. And I think far too often, it's just like, uh, it's a, it's a slight, like slightly broken theology, um, that like we, we, uh, yeah, that I that I think is, is a, a big 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 layer to that.
1: Yeah, we, um, we serve a generous God. Like God's yeah. so generous and if we actually believe everything is his, it's pretty easy to give it away. And we know as as somebody who is perpetually given to the church, I know that it's gonna return back to me in one way or another. Yep. Therefore, it's not even a manipulation thing. It's me knowing how God yep. works and I'm on God's team and as the church leader, you're not giving to the church, you're giving through the church. Like if you love your city, you love the people that are attached to you, you love your staff aka there's only one way that they're get, God's plan a is the local church, therefore, like give through your church, be generous and and be open to it
0: yeah, so powerful. something you said as you wrapped up your last point, you were talking about um paint the vision clearly, mm-hmm. and you were like man learn learn how to communicate that yeah. um dude, I love to spend a little time here. you know me, I love vision, I yeah. love like Purpose, like unlocking that in people, mm-hmm. bro. I wish um, I'd love to just. This is the question. Sorry, this is the question. Uh, yeah. How do we get people, mm-hmm. business owners, pastors, church leaders? Insert wherever. How do we get people to dream bigger? Yeah. Um, I think this is like a, a common theme. I just met with a pastor this last week, and he said, "Man." In the Midwest, it's amazing how people's dreaming big ends at like retirement and their family. And he's yeah. like, "How do we get people to unlock that?"
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think it's easy to serve ourselves, and I think that's our that's our human inclination is to think about my next steps, my future, my family's future, and again. That's not that's not how the kingdom works. We we literally die to ourselves when we give our life to Jesus, and through that journey, there's a rebirth situation that happens. And just as much as we're God's kids forever, aka like Liam as a Stackhouse, he's locked in. Like he's going to be a Stackhouse. He might he might make bad decisions. He might be disobedient to you. But at the end of the day, when he goes to bed, he's still a Stackhouse. Therefore, as as children of Jesus, like we are the ch- chi- children of God. Therefore. He will give us vision that is so much bigger than ourselves. And again that happens in the secret place. That doesn't happen. Mm. And again we talked about motives. It doesn't happen. God won't give you a vision just to use people to build your kingdom. Again, you can't have two kings in one castle. Therefore, you're not a king. We serve a king. And there are people though. There are people in the church who want to have their own castle. They're selfish. We understand that. We get that. We all understand that. Uh, listening to this, you're like, yep, been there. All right, cool. At, but as church leaders and as entrepreneurs, both sides of it, you have to spend time with the king, and you have to make it practical. Who are the people in your world who don't know Jesus? Okay, how can I expand and think about them? And someday I'm believing in faith. Again, I think that's that's the word we're talking about It's just believing in faith that God will do something I made a cheesy Instagram post yesterday, but fear says, what if faith says, even if therefore we got to have a big vision. And I also think there are also as a personality, like God does wire people that are naturally Mm. inclined to have big vision. And that tends to be entrepreneurs. It tends to be business leaders. And it's, by the way, it's completely okay to not be an entrepreneur. I think there's like definitely a fad in the church that says, I have to have a side hustle. I have to do this. And it's like. No, you're probably just not getting paid enough and you're tired. I get that. So um, we got to make it clear. And I think when you were talking, because you and I have had so many conversations, I kind of knew where you're going with it. To make it it practical for somebody, if you can't say your vision in one to two sentences, people that are genuinely influential and genuinely wealthy will not give to you or will not serve the vision that Mm. God put in your heart. Because they are doing the same thing for people. Like there's a reason why people work for them. There's a reason why their business mm. is growing, is because they can make it clear and practical, aka how do I practically make a part in your vision? What God's put in your heart, how do mm. I make it mine? And when it's you, when it, now it's our vision, that's when we make an impact together and we move the needle. Mm. So as a leader, make it practical. Spend time with Jesus. Therefore, now send it to the people. Make it plain and say, I see you. Like the business side of it, you got to have a vision and you got to pray just as much as the pastor listening to this. Like you got to pray about your people. You got to pray about your staff. You got to pray about the future of your company. Uh, Because if if we know God has all wisdom, he has all truth, he's all knowing. Therefore, why wouldn't I seek him? And yeah, that's that's a couple thoughts I think about it. We just I think we make it too too complicated. We're not clear. We don't we don't probably know what we're trying to do. And that's probably a good step. Is just like, man, what has God called me to do? Mm. And how do I involve other people in that?
0: Bro, uh, that's a, that's like a little hack right there. Like, what am I called to do and how do I make an impact in people? Like just yeah. so, such a simple like statement. I think it's something like God deeply cares about absolutely Um, for every person um because i believe that there is like god destiny and god purpose and it doesn't mean that there's plan a i think there's like many other plans i have prepared for you so i think there's lots of pathways that people can pursue but i think it's uncovering and following the like steps of the righteous will be ordered by the lord you know i think of that and going like well, uh the other day i was just praying and, and worshiping and i was like man i know that word's true and god goes do you know why do you know why i can order your steps because it's Jesus's righteousness that I see on you not your own Clyde. Mm-hmm. like your works yeah. will fail you're you're insufficient but he's not and i think there's just a sense of that like of, of comfort that we can actually have in that uh, that i think is so powerful yeah. one, of the, yeah. one of the things that you know uh, as you talked about that when we talked about big vision i want to address you know maybe some haters that are like ah uh, amb- ambition like you know what i mean like when we talk big vision like uh, there's mm-hmm. some people that go like it's it's like oh you just have like you you are not content you're just super ambitious, bro. How? Mm-hmm. I I think of the scripture verse like, um, selfish ambition is sinful. Mm-hmm. Like, so the Bible is really clear that like there is a there is a type of ambition that actually like yeah. leads to sin, the selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, how do we entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. pastors, how do we put some sa- uh, like safeguards? Um, in in that.
1: Yeah, it's really it's really easy to build a vision that's not about you. Like we. I think that's the difference, is it's about me or it's about the people God has put in front of me. Like if I'm a business owner, like right now I have a team of like six people and one of the jobs I do. We work with influencers. We do marketing stuff. But if I'm thinking about, man, what is my like what is my promotion going to look like in a year? That, that right there tells on yourself. And it might honestly, that might equal as well just as much in the church is, man, I need to get my, my staff numbers up here. I need to get our team goals up to here. Because there's a, there's a whatever. It's really easy, like I said, to think about other people. And if you – Chad Beach said this one time, and it really helped me. Do you want to be a platform or do you want to have a platform? Like do you want to have a mm. platform, which means, man, I got a platform. People know who I am. I'm a big deal. Or do I want to be a platform, which means people are going to stand on my shoulders. People are going to stand on me, and they're going to go above me. And I want them to be better than me. I'm going to celebrate them which I I would say, Clyde, is security. They're secure in who God's called them to be. Hmm. And just as much, like I said, I think ambition is kind of, we're wired that way. We're achievers. We want want big things. That's not bad. I don't know who told you that's a bad thing, but, and again, it might be a a mindset shift here, but there also is people who don't naturally think that way. And for us to assume people think that way is just as not empathetic as the other side of it as well. So I would say Hmm. it starts in your heart, turns into your hands and practically you just got to serve people you got to be okay with people not thinking the way you do you got to be okay with people failing you and quitting on you and that's that's what you signed up for you did not sign up for a platform Mm. you did not sign up for fame you did not sign up for money you signed up for difference you signed up for change you signed up for impact and when we think of those things our actual success scale is different In my mind, success is obedience. So am I being obedient to God? Therefore, I'm successful. So my follower count might be decreasing. My numbers might not be – but I do know that at the end of the day, God is behind me, and he told me to do something. Therefore, when a hater comments on my YouTube video, calls me something, I'm like, awesome, bro, because you ain't saved me, so you can't break me. I'm just kidding. But yeah, (laughs) I have some thoughts for that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, come on. I love that. yeah, dude, I think, I think it's so, I love the kingdom of God. I was just thinking of the scripture where it's like, man, how, how, how the kingdom of God's an upside down kingdom. Yep. And it's like, you're like, man, it's not about like how I can lead to my promotion or my next thing. Like if we can live with a framing of like the servant of all is the leader of all. Like yeah. if, if I can like my job and I think about kids, like you mentioned Liam earlier, like. And, and something my dad always said. He said, "Man, my prayer has always been that you kids would stand on my shoulders." Mm-hmm. And it's so cool. My dad calls me every so often. And he'll say that he's like, "Bro, I'm just so proud of you." He said, yeah. I'm so proud of the like what you're doing. Like so proud of the like your finances. Are proud of how you're raising Liam. And like everything I can say back to him is like, "Bro, thanks for like it's because I'm standing on your shoulders. I'm standing yeah. on the thing that you like. You help put in my heart. You help like shape me as as a father, as a dad." Um, and I think, you know, that's maybe going pretty micro in terms of families, but I think for business leaders, for churches, like that's the same call. It's like, how do we get, how can we give people more opportunity to stand on our shoulders? Um, because I think, you know, going back to scripture, uh, God opposes the proud, but gives Mm -hmm. grace to the humble. And like, the more I go on this journey, the older I get, the wiser you get, the more you learn, you don't know as much as you thought you used to know. Um, but as I've gone down this journey, I'm just like, man. This life is about like serving and laying your life down and like the hustle and grind to promote self or to do all of that like – um it's uh it's like spinning your wheels. Like it's just yeah. not how the kingdom of God works. No, um no. and even if you do gain some traction, it's like it's not the traction you want. It's like like there's people in the world that don't that don't that don't do this the right way, and you go like that that don't last. Mm-mm.
1: That don't last. You, you know? see it all the time. You see people who have millions and millions of dollars struggle with mental health issues, their marriages are not working, yeah, they're tired. I've had conversations with entrepreneurs where they're like, Man, I just can't feel like I'm winning. But it's like you own one of the largest alcohol companies in the world. You're 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 this high. People think of you as successful, but you you're lying to yourself if you say you are because internally your heart is mm. is not there. Your mind is like you're not clear on things. So what that is is we're replacing something in our heart that I would say obviously only Jesus can fill, and that that's a journey with wh- whoever's listening. To this. We all have our we all have our uh, hangups and stuff. But at the end of the day, like I said earlier, you cannot serve two masters and one of the masters Mm. might be money. It might be, it might be success. It might be fulfillment in some areas. And that's probably a whole other conversation to be had. But at the end of the day, we serve a King. And at the end of the day, uh, there's going to be times where he's going to tell you something to do that. You won't like it. And that's okay. That's where true obedience comes in.
0: Yeah. Amen, dude. Um, shifting gears. I got a little bit of like a spicy one. I want to get your hot take. and uh, choose whatever hat you want to wear, entrepreneur or pastor here. Um, do you feel like the church um, over-indexes or under-indexes on money and finances?
1: Mm. Yeah, that's good. I love, by the way, hot take. I don't know why that always comes up with my personality. I'm like, darn, am I that guy? Am I the guy who has hot takes? That's all right. Kind of, I've kind of embraced it at this point. Yeah, I think, I think we assume we talk about it more than we do. And if finances is only an offering message in your church, I don't think generosity is a priority. Therefore, I think, I think it's a bigger issue. I think it's a discipleship conversation. Honestly, I would venture to say – I'm not going to say majority because I don't know that. But a good amount of churches are not discipling their churches. I think they're leading their churches. And leadership is only a small percentage of what the church is. The mm. church is not a leadership college. The church is an organism, like I said earlier. Therefore, if we're at coffee one-on-ones, and if we, not a pastor, just a person who loves Jesus and serves and gives faithfully, are you taking just accountability as the person who just gave their life to Jesus as a lead pastor? The other side of it, as a lead pastor, Mm -hmm. are you making sure people feel responsible for the people that are attached to them in the the local church? Because you're not their savior. You only have one. You're the lead pastor. You only have a certain capacity. Therefore, I think we assume we talk about money more than we do. I don't think we do. Mm. Entrepreneurs listening to this, I think we already have a wall before we even have the conversation, which, mm. which, I, which I would venture to say that's what's holding you. So, again, what you can't talk about holds you. So when a pastor talks about finances and they're at coffee with you and they're talking to you about it and you feel a wall come up. That's because you don't want to talk about it. You could you could replace money with anything on the planet and yeah. say, if I can't talk about this, oh, my gosh. And that's probably fear, not faith, and that's probably not kingdom, and you're probably lying to yourself. So, again, I would just as, – don't assume that people know how the kingdom of God works with generosity. Don't assume your pastor has bad motives. I get it that somebody else used you and you're hurt. But just as much as Applebee's might have had a horrible experience one time, I still go, and I love Applebee's. Yeah. And just with the church, you have one bad experience, and you assume all pastors just want my money, all mm-hmm. pastors just want me to, and you cannot live that way, and it and it will not fill your cup, it will not fulfill your heart. So therefore, yeah. Again, just in closing, in this thought, I think we assume we talk about it, and on the other side, as entrepreneurs, we, there's a natural inclination to think about. Man, they just want my money. But I would venture mm. to say, I just got to believe the best in people. Give them the back yeah. of the doubt. Allow them to talk. And if there is a moment where you feel that's a great thing to bring up to your pastor, by the way, like, hey, I, I get it. Like, I'm the business guy here. I love I love, I love what you're doing there. But I don't want to talk about money. It kind of is scary to me, and I think that you just want my money. Oh, my gosh. If you said that to me, that's so much vulnerability in one sentence that I would love to have a conversation with of anybody. Therefore, yeah. just just be open with it. Just talk about it. It should be just normal. It's, it's a normal thing in our lives, in the world. So let's just, let's just yeah. talk about it. Let's make it not weird. And that starts with motives, too. But that's some thoughts. Yeah.
0: Dude, that's so powerful. I think, you know, especially when you're talking about, like, if, it, if money has you. Like if you don't want to talk about it. And uh, I had a, a coffee discipleship chat, uh, chat with somebody this last week and we were talking. I was like, man, what's the, what's the one thing you wish I would ask you about, but you don't want to talk about, but you really do wish we could talk about. Yeah. Um, and I found that like the more that we like, ask yourself that question and go, how can I bring this to my church leader? How can I bring this to my church pastor? Because I know that like, it's those things. That I would actually say is like what the Holy Spirit is like starting to apply pressure on because yeah. we all got our own hangups we all have our yeah. own like i got a laundry list my my wife's got a laundry list <laughs> of things that like Clyde needs to work on right, but what I found is like God's so loving that he's not trying to like hey do all of it he's usually going mm-hmm. clyde here's the th- here's the one thing right now mm-hmm. that i'm I want to press on yeah. um I want to give you strength for I want to give you you know healing for da 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 and so I think you know, for people that are listening to this call, like you go, man, I feel like money has me, mm-hmm. um, and I don't want to talk about it. might be the very reason why you should, mm-hmm. um, and whether it's to your pastor to your church leader, um, whatever that struggle or hang-up is I think is, is super, super important yeah. um, and powerful Absolutely. to bring to the light.
1: Yeah, vulnerability yeah. is our superpower, and if you think of it as a superpower, then mm-hmm. you're willing to share. And if somebody isn't willing to listen, that's on them, not on you. I would rather be the person who shares and, and open to people than the person who hides things, the person who has uh, closed doors. I shared this with a young adult gathering maybe two months ago in a church in SoCal, and it was like, we can't have dark corners. Like right now, all the yeah. lights are turned off in my home. And I have some face lights. So lights are on, but they're still dark corners. So the lights might mm. be on, but you still have dark corners in your life. And we cannot live with dark corners. You gotta illuminate the whole room. You gotta you gotta bring it all out. Like uh, Tim Ross says, you gotta be hot, humble, open, and transparent.
0: Love it, hot. Love it, love it, love it. Um, Got a couple more questions for you, bro. I love to hear um, entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. um, What do you wish pastors would 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 say more to you about?
1: Yeah, I think what comes to mind is the, the equal partnership of this relationship. So I think we do tend to have a savior complex in moments where we think that, again, we think they're being encouraged, we think they're winning, and never assume somebody has it all figured out or is winning in all categories. So I wish they just ask the hard questions. Like, just ask, just ask me the hard questions. And as people do that, there's actually a respect that entrepreneurs, in my mind, gain when the pastor does ask the questions, the hard questions, the questions where you're no longer thinking of them as an entrepreneur. You're thinking of them as a human. You're thinking of them as a friend. You're loving them as a brother or sister in Christ. Therefore, just ask the questions. Just yeah. And again, it's not your responsibility to to get an answer out of somebody. It is your responsibility to steward the people in your world as a mm. pastor. You will, not, you will be held accountable of your motives with your relationships. You will be accountable of the questions you didn't ask because God's putting them, people, in your world for a reason. The random interaction mm-hmm. you have with that big entrepreneur in your city, and you walk by him, and they go, hey, pastor, and you to just be scared and intimidated. Again, you can't think about yourself and serve others at the same time. Therefore, we, man, mm-hmm. we just got to ask the questions. We got to put ourselves away in the car right before you go into Cheesecake Factory, just go, Jesus, this ain't about me today. I'm not going to talk about the church. I'm not going to talk about myself. I'm, I'm going to yeah. play a game. And I would, I would submit this to any listener as a pastor. You need to play a game in your head of how many questions did I ask them versus they asked me. And an entrepreneur mm. is a good a, a question asker. They're going to ask questions. They're going to they're lead the conversation over you. But in your head, go, man, I'm gonna ask them more questions and count in your head. And at the end, when you're walking out, you're going to the car, think to yourself, did I win that game today? Did I win? Mm. Did I win? Did I did they talk more than I did? Did I finish my food before they did? Those are indicators that you're being a great pastor, which means mm. you're a great listener. We don't have to have all the answers. You don't gotta throw Bible verses at them every five seconds. They just want somebody to listen to them. They just want someone with eye contact, smile at them, affirm them, believe in them, instill faith in them. Hey, man, your yeah. business, your business is just getting started, man. Like the 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 encouragement and the the faith installment that we can have as leaders in the church with entrepreneurs, I believe will not only create buy-in with them because I think that's important. But mm. The other side, there's just going to be a natural relationship that has been stewarded well, and as that comes. That's where I think generosity's door opens.
0: Mm. Mm. Dude, um, one of my last questions I wanted to, to kick your way mm-hmm. is, um, you know, for 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 me as a business owner, uh, somebody who believes has been you know called to operate in the gift of generosity. One of the things that I wrestle with, um, and I dare say probably others do as well, um, is I look at my finances as seed, right? So I'm right. sowing seed, whether it's into my investment portfolios, real estate, you know, hack your finances or whatever. Uh, but I equally look at my giving, um, yeah. and especially like above and beyond giving. Like tithe is just like – that's obedience. Right. Um, above and beyond giving for me is sowing seeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, how? W- what do you think biblically is like our call to assess? Like mm-hmm. should my seed go in this field or not? Um, and that I mean that like super broad – like I could be talking yeah. about like church and like mm-hmm get a bit like campaigns i could be talking about nonprofits. i could be um you know and sowing into different stuff like what's a responsibility yeah. um when it comes to like generosity of like assessing that and or just going god makes the seed grow my job's mm-hmm. just to scatter it like how do wh- yeah. where do you live in this camp
1: yeah i think we sometimes we, i think we might overcomplicate it one but the other side of it again generosity is a privilege therefore the things that you're most passionate about, like the things that make you cry, the things that make you angry, the things that irritate you online, the things that really are stirring up your heart. might not even be a Christian, by the way. There's people that, that someone died in their family of cancer, and they're going, man, I, I want my, the rest of my life to be – I want to be generous to the cancer hospital in my city. I want to I sow into the whatever. Again, that's great. Find something that is – because when you serve others, again, you will be fulfilled. There's no other way around it. And again, yep. we always talk about time versus money. You might not have time, therefore use or not have money, or you might not have time. Use one or the other. Yep. And as you yep. don't have time, be generous with giving. And again, we know if we want a big world, you got to be you got to be generous. Like yeah, and, Proverbs. and again, it's not pra- it's not practical. Like I need a bigger house, so I'm gonna go give ten thousand to my <laughs> church. It's like that. I don't know if that's gonna work. Um, but as, as you gain more generosity and a bigger heart for the thing that you feel like you're supposed to make an impact in, I believe not only would God give you more opportunities to create wealth in that area for me, like I've been super passionate about just the marketing space. I didn't start out that way. It started out with my Instagram when I was like 16, started to grow. I gained passion in it. And I was like, Oh, I can see how this equates to changing people's lives. Yeah. Almost 10 years later. There's been I've worked with over 300 businesses and I did not see that. But what I saw was a need and I saw skill and I matched that as I gave my life to Jesus and walked and I've been discipled by people. I go, oh, this is why I have that skill or I have this passion for messaging and impact and communication. Mm -hmm. And that to me is somebody who goes, I don't I don't see all the picture. I don't see why God's telling me to do this. But at the end of the day generosity, I believe, is a mandate and a gift. And somebody who's mm. who's gifted at accumulating wealth should be stewarded well, not just in the church, but just as a human being. They yep. all they all put their pants on the same way. We're all human beings at the baseline. No matter if they don't even live in America, there's they know how to curate wealth. That yep. definitely is a skill and a gift that should be stewarded and built upon. So again, in the church, you better be, <laughs> if you believe in Jesus, if you... And understand the impact and what God did for you 2,000 years ago, then there is no other response than to be generous. And if that isn't the message you hear, then I don't know what the message is, because the message is Jesus died for you, so you might be right standing with God, so your eternity is locked in, therefore, why wouldn't you serve somebody? Why wouldn't you be generous? Why wouldn't you give above and beyond? Why wouldn't you ask your pastor, pastor, what can I do? Is there, is there business yeah. ideas that you want? I want to steward that. I want to build it. I've got a team ready for you. That to me sounds like somebody who's actually comprehended the gospel, and the pastor has yep. made it clear for them to understand the gospel.
0: Yeah, bro. I want to double-click right there because I think that there's that, – that's such an important thing in people's faith journeys mm-hmm. is there is a layer of revelation that giving, serving is actually in response to what god has already done yeah. i love pointing back to Mel- melchizedek and and the first example that we see of tithe here in the bible it was actually a response to god it wasn't a command it was a response it was right. it was going in view of all that god has done i give ten percent and i go like man if that isn't the message of like the way this works like god sent his son who mm-hmm. who came put flesh on and all, like for us it's a response to what god's already done yeah. um and I think that that's a, a huge layer when I think about pastoring, you know, leaders, entrepreneurs, pe- shepherds. But like I think sometimes we do dice down more, and like I think because of the podcast we're dicing there. But I think like people in general, I go like, mm-hmm. man, the goal is like, how do we, how do we bring this revelation? You know, Paul talks about like the, the things that have been revealed to me. Rev- uh, I pray that it's revealed to you, because yeah. um, I think it's in that revelation where we go. It's like it unlocks the mm-hmm. that thing, whether it's generosity, whether it's serving um in your church or serving to people around you, like serving your spouse, like getting low. Like oh, these yeah. are all things that I think are byproducts of um of revelation in God. Like the more you get closer to God, the more you go, Man, I'm so unholy. The yeah. closer I get to Him, I'm like, Man, I'm so imperfect. Right. Like, and so my my response is humility. Like, I'm I'm yeah. not that great. Not. Um and you thank God I'm not who I used to be, but I'm not that, yeah, I'm not that great. Uh, so I think that's so powerful. Um, so, bro, uh, in closing, what's, uh, you got any, uh, I would say, in closing, do you have anything you want to share with the listeners in terms of, like, revelation that, like, if this message is going out to the whole world or if you just have a burning question that you want to pitch to me? Um, we'll close with that.
1: Yeah, just, I would say that we got to understand that the, the the clear gospel and understanding, man, everything that you have is a byproduct of Jesus's love for you. Jesus is, honestly, if he would have just had you in mind on the cross, he would have. He would have done it just for you listening to this. Therefore, man, that's that's what we got to do. We got to live in 2023 or whenever you listen to this. Yeah. You got to think about how can I get that message out to people in my city? How do I get it out to my family? You might not even have a local church yet. Find one. Go to one. You might not even believe in Jesus. Pull up to your local church and say, man, I've got this burning passion for people in our city for this specific area. I'm a business owner. I want to make an impact. How can I make a difference and partner with you? Do that. Because that's just what we have to do. We have to reach our people. There's nobody else in your city who's going to reach the people that God placed you in this earth on this time for a reason. Nobody else is going to do it besides you listening to this. So you have to take ownership of that. Take responsibility of the mandate God has put on your heart to go and make disciples, teach, preach. You you have it. You have the skills. You have everything you need. We live. We serve a very generous God, not just with finances, but with your skills, with the things that God has worked you through. Man, go serve your people with the best you can. And that's what I would say is just go love your people. Don't – yeah. no, when we talked about it, motives. Get your motives right. Have somebody call you out if you need to. That's okay. That's good. It's healthy.
0: Bro, amen. Bro, well, dude, thank you so much for for being on the podcast today. I really believe you know this is going to provide a lot of value. I think it's going to challenge some people. I think it's going to pray to God. It encourages some people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, bro, dropping truth bombs out here, how can people find you? Dude, you're blowing up on YouTube, Instagram, all the yeah. good stuff. So, dude, how how can people find you? How can they connect with
1: you? Yeah, you can just go to joshandrew.org. That has all my links, all of the different things. i doing some stuff with YouVersion right now, which is super cool. just came up with a new content profile. So we were making some moves with YouVersion and just trying to get as many resources as possible to the people God has placed uh, in front of me, whether that be somebody who doesn't know Jesus and is 14 or a 70-year-old person who's followed Jesus for 50 years. So joshandrew.org. You can go on there. All my links will be on there. But seriously, thanks for having me on. It was so much fun. Uh, I remember when we talked about this as a dream and a vision, and now we're here. So this is a full circle moment.
0: Dude, yeah, it's it's a bit surreal. But bro, like I said, thank you so much Uh, for those that are listening. Go go check out Josh online. Go hit a follow. Go hit subscribe. Uh, check out what he's doing. He's doing some amazing things for the kingdom of God. And so, bro, I love you. I'm, I'm so thankful yeah. for you in my life and pumped for the journey and uh, pumped to see you know where God continues to take us. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. We appreciate you, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye.